Welcome back to Director Showdown, season seven. 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 I don't think we've... We're saying that like this is our first (laughs) episode of the season. It's like number eight, I I think. I just... I mean, I lost track of like what season... I did. I did. Uh, Yeah. Season seven. um, Actually, one of our fans just chimed in and uh, on the Twitter feed. He's like, actually, um, according to the bonus episodes, this is uh, season um, eight. (laughs) And and episode 70-something, season seven. um, And we are back talking Bigelow. Back talking Bigelow. I like how that. Not not. Ba- oh yeah, I didn't mean that. Yeah. Not back talking her. No. We are back in Bigelow's corner. It. I didn't even oh, interpret oh. it that way. But it. I just thought it sounded cool. Like yeah. back talking Bigelow. Yeah, it just we are. Rolls off the tongue. Sounds good. Yeah. And uh, we. I want to apologize for some mm. some jumps and kind of like and some little breaks here and there. But it's going to be a straight shot here to the end, guys. Yeah. Three more uh, regular <laughs> episodes. Uh, this season. Just imagine you're like in a um, Christopher Nolan film with these season, with these episodes. Yeah, it's just maybe that would have been good for the Nolan <laughs> season. Like some time jumps <laughs> and like episode 10 is episode 6 all of a sudden. And yeah, like, there's little oh, we should have done that season backwards. Well, we tried, to, damn it. we tried to do something with Memento and I forgot what we did. We did something with it. Oh, We, we, we talked s- about. We did the yeah. ending first. That's what we did. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And I think only confused people. Uh, similarly to some of Nolan's efforts uh, as as they play on plebeian well, audience, yeah, audiences they're, they're, like my they mother. They fucking... Oh, yeah. your mom doesn't suck. Because I was going to say... All, oh, well... <laughs> because <laughs> they're not on the good. Shane Carruth level of like... Um, yeah. Those are the true the true kinophiles out there know <laughs> how to handle timelines if you're a Yeah, Carruth for head, sure. If, yeah. You're, if, you, if you've seen Primer... Uh, that's the big one. Uh, pour pour one out for Shane Carruth. It seems like he's, yeah, pour one he's, out. He's yeah. g- he has this like ambiguous, ambiguous, ambiguous. I don't know what ambiguous. Let's is. let's make it happen. Uh, ambiguous, he's the ambiguous. Guys. Yeah, he's ambiguous. Shane Carruth, the ambiguous. Uh, mm-hmm. His next project. He has this ambiguous next project that nobody knows what it is. It might be. I guess it could still be a topiary. He didn't say that one was dead. He said Modern Ocean is dead. Yeah, but he said that he's he's wrapping things up. He wants to get out of Hollywood. He's Hollywood doesn't care about Shane Carruth. They only care about IP and uh, kind of cheap fare for, for some fodder for Netflix. They don't care about yeah. mid budget stuff like his. Uh, I mean, but, he could have just done like the next Doctor Strange movie and just made it like a topiary. And then just put like Doctor Strange. In there. You know what's interesting, man? I yeah. I don't doubt that he was approached to do something. Maybe not quite a Marvel movie because his you know pr- primer was kind of pre MCU. But I don't doubt that like he was probably approached by people to like yeah. work on something like that because it's like I know he's close friends with Ryan Johnson, for example. And Ryan Johnson is a guy who like he worked with Caruth on mm. on Primer or no, no I'm sorry on. Uh, uh, looper um to like figure out the time travel time stuff. stuff yeah yeah and you can kind of see this alternate trajectory where like boy we're just starting off with a shane caruth tangent huh? yeah no, i'm like i'm, I'm like f- like stepping outside yeah. myself and examining that we're just on a shane caruth tangent now um but uh yeah there's this whole other timeline where he maybe did like slightly more approachable like digestible movies and maybe he had a little bit more of a career maybe i don't know i don't know i like 
it's it, it. I love Shane Carruth because he's just one of the one of the rare filmmakers to like be so uncompromising and not caring yeah. about like yeah i'm not saying the know. yeah the alternate timeline version is better i'm, I'm mm. just saying that like yeah it, it maybe he could have found more success mm. going a different route but it is awesome that it's like he has these two movies mm. that are both excellent in yes. totally different ways mm. but that are so like cerebral if any cerebral <laughs> that's a great fucking yeah. way to put it he's maybe the most cerebral director yeah. um and then uh Imagine yeah. if Shane Carruth had like 200 mil, what the fuck that would have been, you know? Like, l- wow. like, like movies that could have been, like, just to think about them in our fun minds. Like, yeah. I don't know what the fuck that would have been. That's, all, that's always know? fun to do because it's like N- Nolan is kind of an example right. of somebody where you'd be like, man, that guy's, that guy is so inventive and so such a good writer and director it's like what would happen if he had 250 million dollars we get to see that we get with see nolan that. but yeah. but nolan also does that he the bit of that he compromises, he compromises. Yeah, yeah where but i but i also think an element of that is baked into his dna i think i think yeah, he does right. want to entertain right. i think he's spielbergian in a sense where it's like mm-hmm. it's like what what he wants to do cerebrally or whatever with his movies also happens to be a big kind of spectacle thing. Yeah, exactly. You know? exactly. And not all directors are like that. Like Carruth is is not quite like that. But um, but yeah, that's 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 I think a wrap on our Carruth corner. Mm. Pour one out for him. He's a great. Go watch uh, Upstream Color, Upstream Color, and Primer, Primer, like on Amazon yeah. or wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, support him if you can. And uh, but today we are back talking. Back, back talking talkin Bigelow. Back talking Bigelow. Probably not going to do too much back talking uh, on Bigelow. I think probably uh, some front talking. Front. Well, we're front talking Bigelow <laughs> now. Front loading. Front talking Bigelow. Front talking. Uh, yeah, we're back talking. The. Why do I? Why do I like? I either <laughs> always default. say that and never notice till now, or I'm you know, like you do stuck. say that all the time. Do I really? Oh, weird. We're, we're back talking Cameron. I think. I is, guess so. Weird. Yeah, okay, I, I'm noticing that on like episode 78 you, of this. Now podcast. you're never gonna say it ever again. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna do my best. It's uh, like, but I, we are. I also miss. I also miss workshopping it live. You guys. I know. remember early fans it's out there cut. workshopping it live. I, th- I think we made enough jokes about <laughs> yeah. it that I was like, I'm gonna stop saying workshopping it live. But then now I'm coming back around. We're coming back. It's a great phrase. Yeah. Workshopping it live. It's I like a great it. phrase. It, it has yeah. a lot of like baked in meaning to it. Yeah, and just um, sounds nice. But yeah, we are talking Bigelow. <laughs> See how I'm already like crossing it out of my fucking dictionary. Uh, yeah, we're talking uh, Bigelow's 2009, 2009. Hurt Locker uh, Best Picture winner. Yeah. This is as as we're gonna again talk next week, but we have already discussed because we recorded it already. Uh, our Avatar episode. Mm. These these are the kind of big two. Yeah, these face are the, enough. Face enough. A, a good parallel uh, for like. The Hurt Locker Avatar mm. double feature, which, boy, oh, boy, what a heck of a double feature that would be, right? Oh, my God, yeah. Would be when we did AI mm. in season one. And AI was kind of this culmination of both directors in this very pivotal moment where they both, uh, both of their hands were very creatively involved on one project. Yeah. And this isn't quite that, but it's it's kind of that in terms of here are these two very big cultural 
like these two very big cultural moments. Both of these movies yeah. are culturally relevant in two different ways. Avatar was because it was, it was, I can say in the past tense yeah. now, the highest grossing movie ever made. It was a yeah. huge when it behemoth came out, yeah. at the box office. Um, and then Hurt Locker because it won Best Picture. It mm. won a bunch of awards. And so this is kind of the first part of part of that kind of double feature. Um, what is, what is, so what is your like historical context with this movie, Adam? Like, I, yeah, I'll, I'll let you talk. I mean, I don't even remember, like, I remember seeing it in theaters and for some reason, the, the things that pop out into my head when I saw it in theaters was like the scene where one of the best scenes in the movie where Anthony Mackie was talking about, like, I gotta get out of here, you know, like, yeah, his like any monologue where he's like, you know, just one piece of shrapnel, um, he goes up my throat and I start bleeding like a dead pig. And I remember that line so clearly when I saw it, cause I was like, fuck, that's yeah, true. Man. Just one little thing like on your neck, just like kills you. Yeah. And then the grocery scene, because it was just yeah. so like, it's funny because like there's so many great moments in this film, so many action packed, you know, moments, but like what I took away were like those moments where, it's like the self-reflection of what happened. Cause those are both like the self-reflection of like, mm-hmm. you know, being in a combat situation like him and how both of them take it in completely different ways. You know, like Anthony Mackie being like, you know, like I can't do this anymore. I want to live, you know, like I can't mm-hmm. handle all the, uh, all the danger. Yeah. And then fucking Hawkeye is just like, <laughs> what's his character's name? Jeremy Renner. Okay. Because the other guys I know, <laughs> Kyle, I, know, I know. He seems like a Kyle to me. Like, Kyle, he feels like a Kyle. Uh, like, I know like Mackie is Samborn. The he's, other guy is he's Ed, like a white, Ed, Ed. Scarlett Johansson always Eggleman. calls him by his first name, right? Jeremy? <laughs> Wait. No, I mean, well, Hawkeye's real name. In oh, the, Clint. Yeah, Clint. Oh, Martin. yeah, Clint. We'll just call him Clint. Uh, yeah, Clint. <laughs> Jeremy, Clint. Clint, Jeremy. Clint, Jeremy. Um... What was I going to say? Yeah, no, but I, I think that that's interesting. Yeah, because I, I was just going to say that this was my, like, Bigelow gateway movie. Oh, same, yeah. yeah. Same for you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think we mentioned that on the prior episode, but it's like, this was the one where, and this was like 2019, this was yeah when I was like 18, 19, this was mm-hmm. like when I was like really getting into movies, movies around this yeah. time. Cause like we were hanging out a lot mm-hmm. more at this time and like we were getting into like all the new movies that were coming out. Like what are people talking about? Um, you yeah. know, stuff like that. Yeah. I remember rating 2009's movies and this was my number oh. two, I think two or three or was it? Dude, that is interesting. Well, you, yeah. yeah. And, uh, because that year, I also, my number one, I remember what my number one, no, Inglourious Bastards was two, I think. Inglourious Bastards came out in 2009. Oh, I need to find my and notes. Where are they? Yeah, so Hurt Locker, I remember, yeah, I remember rating it, and I had made the little Photoshop of, like, the ranking of, like, movies and stuff that yeah. year. Yeah. And A Serious Man was my favorite movie that year, for sure, 2000. 2009 classic, A Serious Man, directed by Coen Brothers. If you haven't heard, have you seen it, guys? Go watch Hurt Locker and also go watch A Serious Man. You got, both you got it. That movie yeah. is <laughs> yes. fucking incredible. I'm trying to bring up my fucking list. I mean, that's Started like, this list in that's fucking more than 10 years ago. Can you believe that? 11 years ago when 2009 happened. 
It's 2020. <sighs> That's fucking hard to believe. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry I've been quiet. I'm just like trying to, because I was like, yeah, where did I put this? Like on my on my list it here? Prob- me, it was probably like five or like <sighs> five, six. Fuck. That's when that's when we had a lot of hope for uh, for, for Neil Neil Blomkamp because uh, District Nine came out that year as well, and we're like, oh, oh this guy's right. gonna be fucking cool. Oh, this guy's gonna be the this new gonna, hit director, dude. Yeah. That's right, yeah. And it got nominated for a fucking Best Picture too, yeah. Because mm. this was, I, I yeah, I kind of want to talk about, I kind of want to talk about the Oscars this year because mm. the. Um, the the like best like okay so Oscars in two thousand it's technically the two thousand ten Oscars for the year two thousand uh, two thousand nine were kind of a pretty pivotal turning point and I think in big part due to the Dark Knight the prior mm-hmm. year and the fact that it didn't get nominated for any serious awards other than Heath Ledger who won. Um, and that that's when like after that year they were like we should expand the list up to where it can go up to 10 best mm. picture like nominees for for movies oh yeah that's right and that's then right. that's what that's what kind of paved the way for um the nominees for 2010 mm. which i'm pulling up right now yeah and it was a whole slew of them right yeah, there were serious there were man ten. Was on there. A serious man was on there, which was cool. Um, why is it so fucking hard to find uh, <laughs> nominees? Yeah, um, yeah, there were ten this year. Yeah, what was and it? it was okay. I got them here. So the ten, mm. I feel like we may mention this in no, I don't avatars. Okay, I don't think Avatar. Okay, up. Okay, yeah, which is which is kind of rare for Pixar to get a straight up best picture nomination. I think it just gave them for the first five minutes of that fucking movie because like you know what that's actually interesting because I yeah. rewatched up recently with our son mm. and the first 10-15 minutes really do hit so hard yeah the rest of the movie man it's like is it's so whatever it's, yeah. yeah it's I don't literally really fine yeah like is that funny that like up is literally fine it, it is yeah. it yeah that's <laughs> it's like lesser Pixar which is so interesting I know, right? yeah. now Adam Oh, here we go. There is something happening here, here we that go. I I'm ready for it. Wow. Was it I bet it was if something you listen, stupid. If you listen to the first episode of our fucking podcast or one of the first few, what what's what's a fun little bit we have that first season, Adam? You know what I'm talking about? I don't know if you know this. But Hurt Locker was based on a novel by the by Push Sapphire. By Push, Push Sapp- by Sapphire. Oh shit! <laughs> Fucking precious. Oh my god, man. goddamn precious. I guess, I guess we have to do it for our hardcore listeners again. Check look what a on your throwback. I did. I did not know this when I pulled this list up. There's, there's probably a, one of our fans out there. He has like his bingo card. And there's push by Sapphire yeah, he had to, on he had there. To, he had to uh, <laughs> blow the dust off of this bingo card because we haven't done this bit in six seasons, yeah. I think. Yeah, like, that was a whole bit where we joked about the book that is was, was based on the novel and, Push and, by Sapphire, Precious, whatever. And we would just keep mixing up the... Yeah, it was like Sapphire b- booked on the base by novel by Sapphire. Because like just dumb shit. L- let's be honest. That's one of the dumbest fucking names for a goddamn movie. Like, fuck off. 
Yeah, it's you know, interesting because like, they just call it precious here, but I know I that's think, what I it's think supposed the name to be. Is, yeah, that's and what it should I think be. the ar- the author like strong armed them to like yeah. say push by Sapphire. I think like, so too. Yeah, the author yeah. definitely got like a heavy hand in that development. Yeah. Uh, the Blind Side. Oh boy. I think I think the Oscars have just always been kind of bad. I, I think that's like what I'm realizing every year. New right? nominations come I out. Know, it's never it's been like, good. Oh, like we always have hope that they're going to turn it around and get some like sense like sensible. Like nominees. who the fuck is talking about uh, bl- the blind side, the cinematic like I'll, masterpiece that is the blind side. I'll tell you who Sandra Bullock's accountant. <laughs> Cause that it's, movie's still paying dividends. To be honest, I'm sure that movie made so much money. It's probably like uh, the people who are still talking about it is like those fucking, uh, they're like 55 year old, like blonde women who like, have like their hu- their husbands are like fucking rodeo owners, yeah, and they have like cowhide on their couches. It's definitely like <laughs> racist white Southern women Who, whose husbands are single, more yeah. racist. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> whose husbands are are out and out racist, yeah. and they're like, "I'm not racist." You see that movie, The Blind Side? See, Sandra. Let me tell you, honey. Sandra, there, there was this. There was this African. Af, you got to say African American now, or else you everybody say, gets offended. You can't. Back he in was the a old football day. player. She, she, she saved him. She helped him out. Fuck the Blind Side. <laughs> I've never seen it. I'm sure it's trash. I've, I've never seen um, it. As, I'm sure Sandra Bullock was great in it. I think she won Best Actress. Yeah, she, yeah. I think she won uh, Academy. Maybe Award it was just that kind of like gimme thing. Like we got to. It's like yeah, we'll throw her a bone. You know yeah. what that is? It's totally Hollywood jerking. The Mahershala Ali Green Book. Uh, oh yeah, Oscar. We where should, it's like here's here's see. our uh, like plebeian populist racism is bad actor performance. Mm. Like that's, that's basically on the same like level of production yeah. as any cri- Christian DVD movie. And like it's just not That's, Christian, yeah, for sure. You know, it's just yeah. like it, it's like a step away from Christian cinema. Say, you know? Ali is is good though. Like I, I didn't have a problem so with him Sandra. winning. Yeah, she, I'm sure she's great. Yeah, I'm she's sure probably she's great. great. All right, let's move on from Blind Side. Talk about Blind Side. No, no, we have to finish this conversation. Okay, because I want to know what you would call that genre of movies the the ones that are secular, but like. Like are like still populist in like a quasi Christian like uh, fucking I don't know I don't know what what would you call that like that's not my pitch I'm just saying like it's like it's like a like you you sense the presence of the Lord right there behind the the fucking edges of the is that how Green Book is is Green Book kind of like that no Green Green Book is pretty outright racist well and it's like like in, intentionally it's like trying to be like yeah, racism yeah. is bad like mm-hmm. Vigo Mortensen like throws away cups that like these two black guys drink out of like oh yeah it's it, like it's shit sure. like that yeah. uh and then he, he yeah of course he's a hero at the end of the movie um because that's how racism is works. works uh you know Nick yeah. for, first you're throwing out you know cups that black guys drink out of and next and you then, know you're eating chicken yep oh that scene <laughs> Farley brothers have done some good what, movies. What man. has happened? Why is Todd know. Phillips getting praise? Why is the Farley? Bro- what? What? These are 2000 wow. comedy Fuck. shock jock directors. Fuck dude. 
What? Farley Brothers took the fucking... Oh, no. Farley Brothers are laying out the fucking red carpet for Todd Phillips to get an right. Oscar sweep, dude. I didn't yeah. even think about it like that. <sighs> Christ. Okay. I, I, I don't have a good title view for that genre. No, okay. I give up. Let's move on. Uh, District 9. Good movie. I good love movie. this movie. I, movie. I think it was... I couldn't find my actual list... Mm that I made for 2009, but I think District 9 was number one. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, Avatar was, like, two or three, which is kind of embarrassing yeah, yeah, yeah. in retrospect. But um, I still like Avatar. Uh, next is Up in the Air. You remember Up in the Air? It's a good movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. I don't it, remember anything about it. it, it uh, it's about... It has Danny McBride in it, and uh, it has George Danny Clooney. McBride? Yeah, Danny McBride is, like, um, George Clooney's... Is he um, the plane? <laughs> Fucking! I don't know what that <laughs> joke even was. It's like yeah, like in he's like in cars or something. Yeah, I, yeah. Like he's he's <laughs> no. I remember Danny McBride because George Clooney, since he traveled traveled a lot, his sister married Danny McBride, like the character. Oh, okay. And they were like, "Hey, George." That's not his name in the movie, but here's a cardboard cutout of us two, and take a picture of us. Yeah. In every everywhere you go, because they want to travel, but they don't have the money, so they just like it's kind of like this cute little like wedding gift for them, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's that's yeah, that's kind of fun. That's fun. Um, yeah, I remember that being fine. Anna Kendrick, she's always adorable. Yeah, she's I mean, great. Yeah, um, a serious man. One of the best films of the last twenty years, I think. Oh yeah, we can all agree. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. It's a it's a damn shame that it's not. Talked about it. It is talked about, but not as yeah, much as it should. For sure, which is good. You you don't see like our yeah. movies posts on a serious man every week. You know what's an underrated film? You know, I watched a serious man for the first time, and you know what's funny yeah. about our movies is like yeah. I feel like, and I say this with a unfortunately, I say this like hesitantly, but I feel like you and I are kind of like taste lineup. Very succinctly with our movies a lot of the time. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I feel like that's one that, that our movies even... It's their fucking even, attitude is what's wrong. That's that's yeah, fair. I, I think even, even our movies might kind of, like, overlook A Serious Man. A Serious Man is, like... It's really... Mm. It's a fascinating Coen Brothers movie. It's, I am... I, I mean, I personally think it's their best, but that's just me. Whoa, yeah. do you really? That's just me. Like it hit, it just hits all the things for me. Yeah. Like, I don't mean that like objectively, yeah. like they're the best one. It's just like, for me, it's, it gets into movie. subjectivity yeah. with me, like for other stuff. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's a good take actually, hmm. man. Like, yeah, that's a good take on now. That. I just want to watch a serious man instead. <laughs> well, we're going to do a Coen brother season. I know. Man. I was tweeting about it the other day. We're mm. going to have to, it's going to be like 30 episodes. Right. Uh, and education, I like that. It was fine. You saw it? It was yeah, fine. I saw, I, That's it was uh, like Michelle a, Williams' uh, debut, I think. I thought it was... Um, was it Michelle Williams? I thought it was um, that other... Uh, what's her name? It that, was... That charming British lady. Oh, Carrie Mulligan. Yeah, Carrie... Dude, I always get them mixed up. Carrie Mulligan... Michelle Williams is American. That's yeah. Right. yeah. Carrie Mulligan is so adorable. She yeah, still is. For sure. And especially in Drive. I was just like, oh, God. That's where that was her. Yeah. That's right. I've I think I've literally thought mm. they were the same person for until now. Yeah, they yeah. look very similar. They for really sure. and Michelle Williams has been like given all these like mm. award season speeches and stuff. So I haven't seen her recently, but yeah. Um, and uh, Inglorious Bastards. What can you say? What? We already said. We already, it. You go back to season five, I think. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 
<laughs> and listen to our episode. <laughs> we had Zach on is a fun one. That movie is yeah. fucking the best. That is a great movie. Top tier Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Top tier Tarantino. That's top, fun to say. Top top tier. Tarantino. Top tier Tarantino. Uh, and uh, number 10, good old picture by our friend Katie Biggs, mm. The Hurt Locker. That of which, which we're talking today. And actually, one. <laughs> and one, which is pretty yeah. nuts because just to get it, yeah, a little bit more context i i don't think we cover this in the avatar one but it was like avatar and hurt locker like that that became the narrative of oscar season mm-hmm. and i remember kind of following it um and i'll get i'll circle back around to this but like i was new to Catherine bigelow as a director but i i obviously knew james cameron and i i think i i I was thinking he would win. I was like, yeah, I think Avatar will win because it's such a big movie and it's doing so many mm-hmm. big new things, even if the movie isn't as fresh as people are, are saying. And I agreed with that. But mm-hmm. uh, but that kind of became the narrative. It became like ex-lovers, who's going to win best director and who's going to win best picture. And then fucking Bigelow just stomped all over Cameron and uh, won both. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, uh, and what I was going to say is that, yeah, my to circle back to this point 20 minutes ago, is that my my context for Bigelow really started with this movie. And I remember going to see uh, Hurt Locker at the Bijou uh, just because I'd heard so many good things. And uh, I remember... I remember liking it a lot. I, I think... I'm sure it ended up on my top 10. I'm yeah, pretty sure yeah. it did. Um, I don't know where, but... And and being kind of like perplexed by the second half of the movie, but overall still being like, wow, that was really intense, mm. and the actors were great. Um, and then and then that's when I and I obviously didn't uh, go back and watch Point Break because I hadn't seen that until like a year ago, yeah, yeah. or less. Um, but then that that's that's when I like took note of her, and then like when Zero Dark came out, I was stoked for it. And, yeah, it's amazing how like this one movie really like. Oh, yeah. I need to know who this director is. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, who the fuck? I, I, I even wanted, I wanted, I looked her up. I was like, I even wanted to watch K-19 Widowmaker or whatever that was. Yeah. And I never that, watched the it. The History Channel funded. Yeah. And that I hear is very boring. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if I watched, if I, I watched I w- Point Break after this, I think. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I don't think I went back and watched anything. I, I mm. think, I don't think I did that much then, though. I didn't like... I didn't look at movies. I wasn't quite in the vein of looking at movies mm. in the guise of like, like, oh, this is this director. This whole movie is because of their vision. I wasn't quite in that mindset yet. Yeah. It took me like a few more years to be like, oh, the director's like the person. The director's like who you look at mm. uh, if you like a movie. They're the ones responsible for the movie you like. Um, but then, yeah, and then after uh, Zero Dark is more when I was like, uh, like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to like actually check out some of the older yeah, stuff for sure, and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Good old Hurt Locker. What do you think of the Hurt Locker? Like overall? Yeah, man, I, I think it's, I think it's excellent. I, I think, uh, it, maybe I should get into this now too. Cause I did some mm. reading on this movie and I think my, my only kind of faults with the movie are, are still in that second half of the movie where it it gets a little messier and more kind of unfocused. Yeah, yeah. And I've always been really 
intrigued by that and how the movie kind of like takes these like kind of, I don't know, like takes these different routes where like you don't expect it to take where you're like, this isn't really the movie that I thought it was going to be. Like tracking a bit. Yeah. 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 And like, um, like becomes like a revenge thriller for like five, 10 minutes and then it's onto another thing. And, uh, to address that part, that's the one where like he finds, uh, uh, Clint finds, um, a kid with a bomb in them and, uh, a body bomb, a body bomb. Yeah. And he reminds me it, it, he thinks it's the kid that he like bonded over earlier on the film. Yeah. And he's just like, I want to fucking, you know, find these guys and, you know, do stuff and risk it. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And, um, so it, it seems kind of weird, but I think it's excusable because like, um, it's um it's showcasing how he's using the kid as an excuse for his like adrenaline junk yeah junky stuff like cuz he has that massive hero complex and uh it's like you need he, he just needs like some sort of like fall fallback yeah to justify like his that his shit, you know, that's a, that's a really good take. I, I, I alluded to like I was reading about this movie and it's, it's kind of fascinating because I found specifics as to why this movie is structured the way it is. Mm-hmm. And it's because Mark Bull, the writer of the movie is a journalist first and foremost. And he was literally, um, with soldiers in Iraq, like he was embedded uh, as a journalist with soldiers in Iraq for like three or four weeks, like oh, for really? a while. Yeah. And he, he basically like was learning about them. He was talking about them. He was going into combat zones with them mm-hmm. and he was just writing about all of it. And at, at the time, um, apparently he was already talking with Catherine Bigelow about this project, this movie. And, mm. The, the it's fascinating because it, it it almost sounds like this movie is a result of two different visions of what they wanted the movie to be because there's Mark Bull who and I should have mentioned yeah, yeah, this yeah. but up front but like Mark Bull's whole take was his initial script was incredibly episodic oh, so and it was to be like a TV show or something may, maybe not like outright a TV show but his, his script was more here's like a situation these, here's yeah, a situation. exactly like jumping around yeah. here are events happening like this is that stuff I heard about sense. right yeah. and I, I was like oh that's so fascinating and then what what Bigelow kind of uh grabbed onto was her what she was fascinated by and I think kind of carries the movie throughout the the kind of uh, diffusing bomb scenes. It carries it throughout the more kind of episodic little, like, yeah. I guess you can call them like cinematic tangents. Like when it does that is, is what she was fascinated by is, is she was like, who are these See, guys who walk towards the bombs? Like who, who yeah. are the guys that like literally stare death in the face, walk towards it to do their jobs? Like what, what makes that person, and then that that's like where the kind of heart of the movie lies, where like she kind of cracked who Jeremy Renner's character is in this movie, which is kind mm. of a I don't know, man, like an addict. Like a straight oh, up for addict sure. for this shit. For like sure. war's a drug. It that's tells the us first the first fucking line. Yeah, first line. Yeah. It lays it out there. And when you when you view it as 
I don't know, man. That was my that was my kind of new take this time uh, watching it. Was like this this movie is about a drug addict. Oh and, yeah, and for it's sure. a, and it's about all of the negative. I don't know. I don't want to say and, positive for being a drug addict, drug addict, but like, and all and all the repercussions that come with that, hmm. and how much him being who he is affects the people around him negatively and like actively ruin lives around mm. him. Um, it's yeah, that was, but my does take, he, yeah. does he actively ruin lives? Indirectly ruin. Indirectly. I yeah. should say, yeah, I shouldn't say active. He's, he's yeah. genuinely not trying to fuck people up. You know, he's, yeah. he's, he's trying to save them too. Like, I mean, I'll give credit when credit is due. Cause like, you know, he yeah. did a lot of good stuff, like disarming. Yeah, those bombs, for sure. You know? I mean, you've got yeah. to imagine too that, like, that is that's part of the that's part of the hit. That's part of the sensation yeah, that the you get, right? Hit, yeah, because it. Yeah, I mean, it's like you do get the the feeling, and and this is also attributed to like Renner's performance. Like he's great in this. Is uh, his like he he is very like empathetic. Like he's very. Uh, like filled with empathy towards the people that he's trying to yeah, save. For sure. And it's like, mm. and I, I also feel like that's another Bigelow touch is that there's so much humanity in this movie that I feel like would maybe be missing from a lot of other directors. Yeah. Versions. Cause know? even Jeremy Renner, like you have empathy for, you know, like for the guy who like is emotionless until he like successfully yeah. Yeah. disarms a bomb, you know, for sure. He's still like, this guy's still a good guy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like the scene where Anthony Mackie is like on the sniper rifle, the the Barrett, the Barrett. That scene's so good, man. And he yeah. gets these like it seems like he's requesting um, uh, Patrick Wilson. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, oh our uh, our, good, our old friend from yeah. uh, Strange Days, uh, mm-hmm. Ralph. You know, it's no, no, Ralph yeah. Fine. Ralph Fiennes. I said it like eight different ways on that episode. Ralph, and I want to apologize. Like Ralph Fiennes. Ralph Fiennes. I was like Ralph Fiennes. Ralph is is he Ralph Voldemort. or is that his brother? God damn it! Yeah, Ralph Fine. Yeah, that scene. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like gets a juice pack and yeah. He you think that he's gonna like Jeremy Renner's gonna use it for himself, but he, you know he shoves it under um, Anthony Mac, uh, Anthony Mackey's uh, mouth yeah. and says, "Drink up." You know. You know what's <sighs> let's. Let's really talk about that scene for a sec because like that oh, scene, such a tense scene, yeah. That scene is what makes Bigelow a truly amazing director because there's there's so many elements to that scene. You have all these guys, you have the geography of what is uh ostensibly like an action scene. Yeah. And then it turns into a thriller scene where these two snipers are facing off. Meanwhile, you have Renner who is laying down next to Mackie kind of as like his ammo guy. He's yeah. like, he's trying he's to a situate spotter. Like, yeah. Yeah. Spotter. Who's like, uh, it's jam. Clean the blood off of this. Like get the blood off of this and all that stuff. And in what she is showing us visually, this is what I picked up on. Uh, not until later in the scene when Renner gives Mackie the, uh, the actual, the, the entire juice to drink, but it's like, the what she is showing of Renner is multiple scenes of him like licking his lips mm-hmm. and him being like <clears throat> and like clearing his throat. Yeah. And she's showing us how uncomfortable he is and yeah. how uncomfortable he is and how like like All the flies striving like for water yeah. and like the flies buzzing around mm. 
to get to that payoff that, yeah. that you mentioned and where he gets the juice and he's like, I'm only worrying about this guy right now. He's the most yeah. important person. And it's like, that is a fucking masterstroke, man. Yeah, it's such sure. a small moment uh. in a scene that it, in and of itself is already so tense because it's like a sniper face off. Hmm. And it's like, that was the scene uh, upon rewatching. Cause like when that scene starts and it's like, it starts gearing up and it's, I remembered like, Oh, that's right. There's like a sniper scene here. Yeah, yeah. I don't really remember what happens and all this stuff. And by the end of it, you're like, oh, well, that scene's crucial because mm. that is like the heart of the bond between Renner yeah. and Mackie. That's like why been they only are in conflict before, you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, because there's that scene where it honestly still played odd for me the scene where they're joking about killing Jeremy Renner. That's a very that was that's a weird a very scene, weird right? Scene. I don't know how to take that scene. I don't know because I to kept expecting like Mackie to like laugh and shrug it off. Yeah, and he's and I was like, serious. that's how the scene ends, right? And then it just there's stops. nothing about Mackie's character that would suggest that he would kill someone in cold blood. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's, it's just, interesting because uh, on paper, like on paper, if you were to like, if I was to mm. read that scene. I may be like, well, that that might make sense because he's demonstrated a recklessness that, that get could them. get them killed. Oh, yeah. But but maybe it's like my knowledge of Mackie. I don't know that like. Yeah. But it still just seems very I, hardcore. I think they should have. I think Bigelow should have like directed to where it was a little bit more lighthearted because yeah, even if he really did intend to kill Jeremy Renner. He yeah. would still, I mean, anyone would be like, kind of like, you know, it'd be, you know, be kind of funny if like this bomb went off, you know, like, yeah, you, you would still kind of joke about it, even though you were serious, you know, I'm, a, I'm actually already retroactively yeah. thinking about that scene again. Yeah. And like, may, maybe it does work fine because it's mm. like, I don't know. It's like, who's to say they were serious. And there also are multiple scenes in the movie where they're like, a lot of people talk about soldiers dealing with yeah. the stress of combat and being in a war zone with gallows. He humor. was, he was 100% serious. There is no way you can play that. Come on. Uh, right. He like the way that he was looking at Eldridge, like to me, it looked like he yeah. wanted to fucking kill See, I, yeah. I think it was just missing one little beep. Like beep. What the fuck am I? Ta- what am I talking beat. about today? One little beat where like yeah. Mackie, uh, like, like flips the thing close, or I forgot what he was holding, but like no, puts what, the thing down. Or it would have been great if he like pushes the button and it was like then he pulls it up and it's like disconnected, like something like that. Yeah, or he you know. or he like does a joke and he like pushes his thumb down, but like next to the thing. Yeah, and, uh, something like that. Yeah, yeah, because that's that's the I always that's forget about that scene, scene, but it plays yeah. strange. But but anyway, she she kind of course corrects later on, and that's the sniper scene, which yeah. I think is such excellent like character development. That is all visual. It's like it's literally all playing off of Renner's performance as like a like super thirsty, fucking tired, like almost like heat stricken guy. And the, and the time the change, like it went all the way to uh, sundown to dusk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. And then and then from then on out, I think it cuts directly to them wrestling and shit the wrestling scene yeah which is so point scene. break were you thinking yeah. point break a little bit oh here? absolutely yeah. there was no other movie i was thinking about like yeah, bigelow man. was like 
I want to see these boys fight. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like Bigelow was like low key, like ah, yeah. I, I, I want to see. That's what I, yeah. that's what I like about Bigelow because it's like she's kind of uh, <laughs> she's unashamed of like like being into like guys, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, that, that's yeah, yeah, that's a good take. Man. It's like I, the female yeah. gaze in a weird way. Like this is like <laughs> I want to see like yeah. dudes do this sort of. Thing. I I think also though I don't know, man. Like Bigelow really does seem so tapped into, uh, like masculinity and also like like re- I don't know, man. Like mm. masculine like relationships, like men with men. Cause that's, Mm. that's a big thing with point break that we discussed in length with, uh, Eric on that episode. Mm. And I think that she, she's even like, she's, she's playing with those same kind of ideas in this movie where, and and I remember it like kind of turned me off seeing that, uh, seeing the first time I saw it in theaters where I was like, I was like, what, what is going on here exactly? Mm. Like these guys are like, like fighting each other, but then like, I, I was, I don't know why the fuck I didn't like put two and two together, but it's like, yeah, it's like, it yeah, they're fucking thing. soldiers. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's all camaraderie. They're fucking bros. I mean, we wrestle all the time. Oh, absolutely. We just wrestle before you, 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 you punch the shit out of my stomach. Yeah. And, and I rode you like, like a horse. Oh, that's, oh, and then you pulled a knife on me. Yeah. Then I pulled a <laughs> knife on you just like, yeah, just I'm like just fucking around, Brent. God. No, I'm just dude, fucking around. But that seems so great too. Mm. Uh, and he likes to be- push it to the fucking edge. Exactly. That's why. Yep. And he's about to break. There. <laughs> Everything you say to him, push one step closer to the edge. Now he's about to break. Wait. Um. But yeah, there. Like every. I I think that's what is also uh, great about Bigelow yeah. that that she was able to kind of wrangle what I would imagine bull script to be this kind of like multiple tangents, multiple kind of situations, different events. And she was able to like have a through line in all that with Jeremy Renner's character Mm. and be like, how can we develop this guy as a character? How can we portray who he is in all of these different scenarios? Yeah. Being a, uh, as, as we have it on in the background, a uh, a fucking wild man. A fucking I love this that term. Motherfucker, a dude. wild man. God, you're just a wild man. Hey, everybody, you're a fucking this wild guy's man. a wild man. Look at this guy. He's a fucking wild man. He says it like thirty times. I want to like just start calling people wild man. Like no one says that. I feel like that's such a two thousands like thing. You know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, and it feels yeah, and it feels like the repetition of it hey. too feels like such a fucking like broy army yeah. guy to say like. Hey, you know Joe over there? He's a He's a regular wild man. You know, like, I feel like I'm transported back in time. Yeah. Wild man. Hey, Rick and I, we went out out to the bar on Saturday night. I'll tell you that, Rick, he's a fucking wild man. You know, Rick, he's a wild man. He's a wild man. I'm going to call him wild man Rick from now on. I bet that you got that tattooed on his his fucking chest, wild man Rick. He's not regretting it after having two children that he... uh, (laughs) He had with a stripper he hooked up once. Yeah, with with two different women yeah. that he's paying child support to, bankrupting him. Hey, kids, you want to know why they call me the wild man? Uh, I don't know, Dad. Is it because you, you uh, skip out on child support every month? Yes. Um, 
<laughs> like he just, like, just accepts it because he's he's no longer Rick the Wild Man. Yeah, he's no longer Rick the Mild Wild Man. He's more Rick, <laughs> what, Rick what the Mild Man. Mild Man. Yeah, so there like, you go. He like tattoos it to an M instead. <laughs> he flew. Hey, uh, hey, Terry, can you flip this W on my chest? I mean, I got two kids now. I'm, I'm trying to go support. straight. Trying to go straight. I got a, I got a gig at the old bowling, uh, bowling alley down there. I'm working part time, uh, scrubbing pins, <laughs> <laughs> like you do, like yeah, you scrub, do. Scrub pins. We all know they scrub pins down there. <laughs> scrubbing pins. They call you the <laughs> Rick, the Wild Man Pin Scrubber. <laughs> Pin scrubbing wild man Rick. <laughs> Get that tattooed on his Pin scrubbing Rick. Put that one on the <laughs> back, Terry. We have this whole sub narrative with like a t- Jesus Christ. Um, I want to be that wild man. God damn. Okay, let's talk about let's talk about uh, the the camera work in. Um, oh yeah, you were talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the only thing I wanted to say, I felt like I was watching. The office, except it's in a war zone, where it's just like zooming in really quick on reactions. Yeah. I yeah. know what she was trying to do, but I couldn't help because I'm so tainted by the office. Yeah, that, dude. The yeah. office really kind of like yeah. took that style. The documentary, um, the documentary style. Yeah. I, I that was another thing I was reading about actually is that um, she uh, before this movie she actually saw. Some green grass stuff, and she saw like, oh, that's yep, for that, one. That'll hunt. do it. That'll do it. Fucking green grass's hands are all over this son of a bitch. Mm. Um, but no, I think the 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 one that uh, stuck out was United ninety three. She saw United oh, yeah. ninety three, uh, which I still refuse to watch because I plane movie. crash movies. No sir. Yeah. Um, and uh, she was like, I think that's the style for this movie, and I th- I think. That style does does really work for this movie, mm. you know? And it's like, it, I remember seeing it in theaters. That was one of the things that I was a little, not not irked by. That's a little strong. But I, I was kind of thrown by that documentary kind of style where I was like, hmm, interesting. They're shooting this like it's a documentary film. Because like this was mm. back when that was still was a little like, more. It was very novel then. Yeah, for Super sure. Super novel. Because yeah. now it's been it's been done to Just, death in oh, yeah. so many it's things. It's so trite now. Like, like Amy yeah. and I are watching um, Succession, mm. and uh, which is a great show, by the way. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and then that show has that whole thing. Like it, it yeah. reminds me of The Office at times with the mm. fucking fast zooms and the like super uh documentary feel to it but it really works in this movie's favor because it adds a sense of realism and of i don't know anytime you go handheld it adds a sense of um like authenticity like you you and stress yeah yeah and stress especially for the yeah like the bomb scenes Mm -hmm. and and stuff like that i i feel like uh that's something that spielberg tapped into with uh, Saving Private Ryan with that beach yeah. scene where it's so chaotic and it's so uh, just shaky cam. Just wait until like in 50 years where every, when the iPhone 30 comes out and it, they have like stabilizers on the You mean the cameras. iPhone XXX? Yeah. Yeah. That's, hey, that's pretty funny. Joke. I don't know. It's I pretty funny. Interrupted your. I bet, I bet, yeah. you know, Rick the Wild Man pin scraper. <laughs> Would have loved that one. Yeah. But, well, uh, he probably has the XX uh, V11. I don't know what that what joke is. is. I'm sorry. I'm extending my stupid bits. What like, are you saying? Yeah. 
Um, they're, they're, all those iPhone 30s are going to have camera stabilizers, and there's no no one would understand what the fuck a shaky cam is. Yeah. Because they have, like, zero concept of things shaking. The, the, yeah, somebody's yeah. going to, like, go back and pop in uh, the first Cloverfield movie because there's going to be 40 <laughs> by then, I'm sure. Yeah. And, uh, and they're going to, like, vomit five seconds in because they're going to be like, whoa, what's happening? This is shit. Do so they have shaky. a seizure? Did the director have a seizure? <laughs> Seasonal? What is this? We got Michael J. Fox behind yeah. the camera here. Um, S- such... such ancient times with their weird camcorders and uh and terrible looking monsters yeah that's uh it's it's something that like the shaky cam thing is is definitely what she's using she's implementing in this movie uh to the movie's benefit benefit but it's like it's not always to a movie's benefit and i think that's Mm. That that's a sign of a good director, like to know when to use a tool and to know when not to use it. You know, mm. uh, because I, actually, when I think about it now, the scenes when he's back in America, I don't think they're shaky cam. I don't. Oh, th- I don't sure. think they're. Yeah, they're all stills. Um, yeah, yeah, they're like more still. They're more like. Mm. That's why they pop so much. I think I'm just now realizing yeah. that that's why that they makes pop sense, so much. Yeah, because they're um, framed really well. You know, and yeah, for yeah. sure. Because it's like the structure is chaos and home is stability. Yeah, and he doesn't exactly. want to be at home with stab- stability. Exactly. He wants chaos. Yep. H- home's on a tripod and he wants that shaky cam, baby. Yeah. He wants that green grass life. Put honey, him back in that green grass. Honey, they, in Iraq, they have, they need, they, they need, they need, <laughs> I can't even this is gonna say. pay off. I can't wait. No, 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 no. They need shaky cam operators, hun. <laughs> they don't got was, enough shaky. Cam I was made for this life. <laughs> That's the only time I feel alive. It's my one thing. Yeah, you're gonna that I love, son. You're gonna be looking at this tripod. And it's just gonna be another tripod, son. <laughs> oh, There's man. a thing I love. It's shaky cam. <laughs> Oh man, that's uh, too funny. Yeah. God, what was I gonna say? Uh, yeah, so I want to give a shout out to our boy, our MC. Okay, for, okay. Well, all we right. should mention. Okay, this. all right. Fucking half this movie are like MCU heavy hitters oh, for sure. Just like like fucking actors that have been swallowed up by the MCU. They either have been or they mm. will be. I'm sure. Mm. Fucking. Uh, uh, Strange Days himself, fucking Ralph Ralph, Fien- Fien- Ralph Fiennes. Well, he's already Voldemort, so he's kind of eaten up. I mean, see, I, I feel like he he's an iconic. They're saving they're saving something big for him, I for, think, because he's a great actor. Yeah, uh, they're gonna bring him in for like some like cosmic fucking. Uh, I don't know. He's probably gonna play like uh, fucking some wizard, fucking the one above all mm. or something, some dumb shit. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, you got fucking guy. Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce at the beginning there. Mm-hmm. Um, who I remember that. I don't know if you, you remember seeing it for the first time, but I remember that taking me by surprise because obviously this was in the 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 era of like being like the ultimate Nolan head and having seen Memento oh, like sure, five yeah. times. Mm-hmm. And I saw him and I was like, oh shit, that's right. I forgot he was because I heard he was in the movie. 
Mm. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, I was getting into Guy Pierce too. You know, I was yeah, getting, I, was, I was getting into him for sure, as we all do. We as all we go all through a little, a little Pierce phase where he pierces our our souls, our hearts. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was like, oh, cool. And then the movie like immediately kind of undercuts it and is like, yeah, you don't know what's going to happen because this yeah. motherfucker's dead now. Like that's just how things yeah. go. Yeah, and I remember being like, oh wow, he just popped in, died, and there there he goes. And uh yeah, man, the all the bomb sequences are so fucking well done. I mean it, I was trying to look up like if you know the, the colonel who's the psychologist and see if he was in an MCU movie. He wasn't. But Wait, the he, colonel Yeah, the guy who dies, the uh the colonel who's um the psychologist that uh Eldridge talks to. Oh, yeah. You know you know who he is? And I, I figured this out this time. Yeah. He always reminded me of somebody. He's Dexter's brother in Dexter. Yeah, he is. Who's the villain, right? He's yeah. also I'm gonna fucking I'm I'm gonna fucking redirect the conversation real hard right now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he was in National Treasure Book of Secrets as John oh. Wilkes Booth. And everybody Whoa, what? He really? was John Wilkes Booth in that. I don't even know what that means because I don't remember a John Wilkes Booth. There were flashbacks. There were fl- yeah. They showed yeah. John Wilkes Booth in that. In, movie? You said Book of Secrets, right? Yeah. Yeah, two has some flashbacks in it. Mm. Uh because they're getting into they're getting into some Lincoln stuff in that one. Getting some myth some <sighs> myth, mythical stuff there. Br- yeah. 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 Are you bringing up oh, fucking National hey, Treasure? Everybody. Everybody. Disney three finally greenlit it. NT three, it's on the books. Disney doing something right once in their life. MCU, psh, yep. No Star, Star Wars, Wars? <laughs> nah. National <laughs> Treasure, that's gonna that's gonna be their new pillar, man. Are you familiar NTCU, with the Disney Plus, man? <laughs> Are you familiar with the the structure of Disney Plus, like the structure? No, please, please. So okay, so yeah. at the top of Disney Plus, there are these like almost headers they're like headers as to category how to filter the content you want to see okay so you have uh i want to say the first one is is disney it's just like it's gonna be disney disney uh what's it called disney studios animation it's gonna be disney you got your princesses everything you got your pixars uh pixar is its own thing oh yeah they have enough content now where it's its own thing um you got like dane cook's Wings or whatever the fuck Dane Cook's yeah. show. I don't even know planes or whatever planes, it's called. You're right. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that's. On I there. thought it like Disney is. hosted like his stand up for what. You, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> of Dane Cook comedy specials. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, but yeah, okay. Yeah. Disney. You have uh, Star Wars. Mm. You have Marvel. You have uh, Pixar. Yeah, Pixar, and then National Geographic. National Geographic. Good, good pull. That's the one. I. That's the one I watched. Like as a fucking nerd, <laughs> fucking, dude. You fucking <laughs> like, geek. I mean, that's probably the best out of all. all yeah, the of most them, educational. Like, yeah, to be fair, yeah, definitely, yeah. There's there's a sixth coming our fucking way, guys. Stand out of the way, guys. Even Rick the Wild Man can't stop this. Disney, Pixar, Star Wars, Marvel, <laughs> National Geographic. National Treasure, <laughs> baby. Net, the net, the sixth no, they just get and rid of, final pillar coming to Disney. They get rid of National Geographic. Like we, we have <laughs> the better national here, guys. 
We don't need the geographic. No, yeah, here. they just cut the second word and they just say national. And then it's like a filter that gives you all the treasures. It gives you all the all geographics. The Guys, we got a we got a third one coming. <laughs> they fucking greenlit it. Another the writers treasure. of the third Bad Boys movie are writing it, That's which amazing. is interesting. Which I want to see now. I do too. Apparently, it's good. It, yeah. I'm really, I'm excited to I see. I mean, it. I like Bad Boys One and Two. Who doesn't? I haven't seen them in 15 or 20 and years, and they're probably great. I'm sure they hold <laughs> up just fine. Uh, who knows? Um, we should have a we should have a a sesh watching one and two and see it. They are long ass movies though. They're like two and a half hours. Jesus. Yeah. Right. Bay's just going fucking all out in his movies. (sighs) Fucking always dude. Yeah. His movies are are too long. Um, that's what's amazing about Michael Bay is like, how does he, yeah, he does. He doesn't. I don't. Well, I think cause like halfway through all of his movies, your eyes roll into the back of your head. And yeah. you're just, it's just like, <laughs> you're like seizing. You just, you're, yeah. yeah, you're having a seizure for the second half of his movies. You don't even realize it. So, uh, Brent, let, let's hear. You had this sort of petition, correct, on change.org? I don't want to take <laughs> sole responsibility for this. Yeah. Mostly because I only got 13 signers. Hey, that's better than zero. That's 12 more than just me. That's all it's I'm exactly. saying. Exactly. Uh, I started the petition about a year ago. I was frustrated. One fucking year ago. I think it was about a year yeah, ago. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and and I was like frustrated with the state of the world. I was like, everything's chaos. Nothing makes any sense. Everything's IP. Mm. Let, let me start at the biggest injustice and start working my way down. Mm. National Treasure 3 is something that was in the works for a while. They were writing a script, and then fucking Brokheimer fucking slammed it in the pavement, said, ah, nah, I don't, I don't think we're going to... Nah, I, yeah. I think we'll uh, put that on hold for a while. So I said, hey. let's, let's, get, hey. let's get people together. Let's I know everybody unite wants, America under these trying yeah. times. Everybody wants an NT3. Let's like, round out the trilogy. Who, who, like... On the real, National Treasure are good movies. And they are good movies. They're they, fun as hell. I'm saying this with like maybe 2% it's like irony because it's kind of almost. Fun. Yeah. I'm being post-ironic, I feel like, yeah. about this. Because these movies are great. They're like, it's, they're basically Indiana Jones movies. It's like, it's like. A um, little cleaner, a little cleaner. It's like healthy patriotism, you know, like it's not yes. like toxic patriotism for sure. It's like you're having fun visiting these like historic sites that are important to America's history. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, it's, I mean, America's had a bad, a lot of bad stuff happen. Yeah. I mean, what country hasn't? For sure. Maybe Canada. Canada's pretty cool. Uh-huh. But uh, <laughs> uh, it's just like you, you go see Liberty Bell and you go yeah. see like you steal the Declaration of Independence. And well, it's fun. It's, and it's 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 yeah. great because I think what the National Treasure series does and this is probably gonna be the rest of the podcast, just yeah, for sure. Know. Um skip to the two hour mark if you want to hear us wrap up our <laughs> thoughts on uh, her locker. But I think the National Treasure series is great because it's doing a similar thing to what Indiana Jones did, but it's taking kind of the the Indiana Jones adventure, kind of the like hopping from location to location to location. Mm-hmm. And it's like tying that with history and is like actively teaching you stuff about yeah, history. Yeah. While also having kids. 
Yeah, yeah, and it's like, uh, and it's it also has like a little bit of like conspiratory kind of like X Filesy intrigue. Yeah, which I love. It's like three like great Jones. flavors. Yeah, and you that got taste great together. Yeah, Nick you know Cage. You got Nick Cage. You do have, unfortunately, Justin Bartha. Which, well, if you guys, um, you know, do you think you think National Treasure is good enough to forgive Jason Bartha for his? atrocity and war crimes. Well, we really kind of backed into Justin Bartha. <laughs> and I don't mean like with a car, because if that was an option, maybe that'd no be one on would, the table. No one, no one would care. Yeah. Yeah. No, but because no of all the, the, his primes, which we've chronicled on this podcast, but, uh, I, I, I remember mm-hmm. those were the first movies I saw him in. And I was like, Oh, he's kind of funny. He's like kind of a wacky little, oh, like, he's uh, a, he's a wacky guy. He's a little wacky guy going hey. on an adventure. And then he's in hangover and he's, he's kind hangover. of a wacky guy going in, uh, on an going adventure. passing out and you have to find him. And then he's in Geely committing war atrocities <laughs> and should be in jail. So here's my pitch on NT3. <laughs> NT3. He, yeah. he, he's in the opening scene. He's in the cold oh, open of the film. no. Gets killed <laughs> in in oh, no. in in chasing down another artifact on his own, or in doing something on his own, or maybe he gets killed by people trying to cover something up. I don't know. Kill Bartha off in the opening 10, 15 minutes, and then just have uh, what's her name, Diane Kruger. Or just do 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 the thing in the Hangover again, where he just goes missing. This guy go find him again. Oh, well, that implies that he's the national treasure, and I don't want that to be the case. <laughs> He's the national embarrassment, more like it. <laughs> I only say that because it's like a kid's movie and they yeah. wouldn't kill off like Jason Bartha. Would here's they? my pitch, though. Yeah. Oh, here's a better pitch. You, you use him as a tool to like tug on the heartstrings of the audience. And this wouldn't really work on us. Cause we're, we're yeah. out on Bartha. We're like fully out. We're on him. If he done. dies, who gives a fuck? <laughs> but on the audience, you use him as like the innocent kind of funny guy who he's always been in the movies. He dies like halfway through mm. and like, kind of like activates cage to take it to the next activates level. Activates cage. Activates like God tier cage. I feel like every Nicholas cage movie, there's an activation cage <laughs> moment. <laughs> Cage. Is like, that our new podcast? <laughs> yes, it's Nicholas yes, Cage, and it's called Activation Cage. <laughs> it sounds like a WWE match or something. Yeah, it sounds. Yeah, it sounds like a weird <laughs> sex thing. Actually, when I think about it, the Activation, activation Cage. cage. Um, but yeah, every movie has an Activation Cage. There's always one point where he yeah. just like. He breaks. Mandy's maybe the biggest example. Oh yeah. Of uh yeah, his wife dying and all that stuff. Um but yeah, no, you you use Bartha to get the audience to be like, oh fucking, we gotta avenge avenge this guy's death. Meanwhile, you and I are like fucking good riddance, oh, no, dickhead. Good. Yep. Deserved Gone. it. Um <laughs> anyway, Justin Bartha isn't in the Hurt Locker. Yeah, and it's a better movie for it. Uh, this movie's got some incredible performances in it, uh, mostly Renner and Mackie, mm. um, who are, yeah, a couple of MCU yeah, boys. Yeah, because Eldridge is not, he's all right. You know, like the the third guy of the troop. Well, I, I want to, okay, so I wrote this down. Okay. I was thinking about this, watching it this time, is what I, what I like about this movie, and I realized watching it this time, is that um, the three main 
characters of the movie all represent different types uh, of soldiers. Sure. Yeah. And you have, let's start at the least extreme. The least extreme is Eldridge. Mm. And this is based, sorry, uh, this is basically the guy who is like Joe Schmo. Like, this is like your, your friend. Like, yeah. this is like your buddy, goofy, whatever his yeah. name is. Yeah, like any of your friends, basically, who goes to war and is like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. This is yeah. a nightmare. I'm mm. always scared of death because I'm a human being and mm. th- war is an unnatural thing. Like yeah. human beings should not go through this. And then you have Mackie, who's mm. kind of the Goldilocks soldier in the middle, mm. uh, who is... He doesn't know where, where he really belongs yet. You know? Yeah, who's like kind of walking a line. Mm. Like he's a good soldier, mm. but he's also... Like very aware, yeah, yeah. He's like very self aware, uh, and like uh, charismatic, and he's trying to like a he's good, he's like very leader. human, yeah, you know. But he's also a good soldier, yeah, you know. Um, and then the extreme is Jeremy Renner's character, who's a great soldier, like the best if you think about it. Yeah, because he gets the job done. He's he did like he's, he's a wild he man. Dangerous. I mean, he had eight hundred and thirty-seven. Maybe bombs. not the best team player. Soldier, not the best team player. But as far as great. like who you want a soldier to be, like I'd I'd fucking I don't know. I, I'd hang out with fucking Jeremy Renner, like because he he's fucking confident and knows what he's fu- he's doing. You know what I like mean? Like hang out in like a social setting? No. Or? Oh, like, okay. Like, if I was at war, like, I'd want yeah. him to be, like, on my squad. You know what I mean? I, I don't... I feel like he'd also drag you into some unnecessary shit, though. Because he That's does that true. a couple times, That's you know? That's true. You're right. Yeah. Uh, But but also, he is... that That is a testament to how... Just how careless he is with his own life. Yeah. Where, like, the scene when he, like, strips out of his... Uh, his gear, his like, uh, what, what do they call it? What are the suits called? Um, his BD. Oh, the bomb suit. Yeah. The, the bomb suit. Like, I don't know. It's male Kevlar. (laughs) Yeah. It's like big old Kevlar 80 pound, Mm. uh, suit. Um, and he's just like, uh, in his clothes searching through the car and everybody's Mm. like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, Mm. um, yeah. I mean, he, he is like, I don't know. It's like, I, I think of, Jeremy Renner's character as like a Spartan in like 300 BC. And it's like, that's where that guy should live. Also, he's like a timeless. The Spartans were yeah. really good team players. Like, let's, uh, you know, like, Oh uh, yeah. I don't know. He's like player. a gladiator or something like Jeremy yeah, Renner. <laughs> it's like, a little bit more, he's yeah. addicted to the, 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 the thrill. Yeah, yeah. The danger, the, the, the drug it, that is yeah. war. You it, know? It's kind of like this um, realistic take on that kind of uh, quintessential masculine, like action hero, you know what I mean? And like the repercussions in the real world of being that like action hero, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I that, mean, that's what I felt like was the point of the hurt locker was to show like, Oh, you know, the the archetype of the action hero has like real life consequences on people you know yeah for sure that's a that's a really good take man that's something that i feel like bigelow really brings to the table too because she makes jeremy renner like super cool like you see in like action movies and and like Catherine bigelow based on her track record like knows like that archetype 
You know, like she yeah. she's aware of like the action hero. You know what's you know? dude? <sighs> Renner is basically Bodhi. Yeah, he's gonna. He's pretty. He's Bodhi-esque. a he's a yeah. very Bodhi type, but he's yeah. almost like Bodhi, like like oh, a streamlined Brody. If you were to like, give Brody one motivation, like one sole thing that he loves in the world, it's it's, it's surfing. not surfing. Yeah, it's just bomb. it's it's what it. <laughs> It's just bombs what if this time. instead of of uh, Brody? What if instead of surfing, uh, Brody loved uh, diffusing bombs and being in combat zones? Yeah, that's like her pitch. Like that's her her. And take it's on more it. realistic than the surfing. I mean, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It's it's a lot more grounded in a, a a realistic thing. And so, yeah, dude, that's really fascinating because I feel like a lot of the the realism of this movie, of which it feels like there's a lot. It feels like this movie's really authentic. I feel like. All that stuff is coming from Mark Bowl, the writer. Like mm. it, it feels like all that stuff is kind of like in his writing and in his like knowledge of like, oh, I was with guys like this mm-hmm. for weeks and uh, experienced what it was like to be in these like, um, I don't know, like gunfights and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's fascinating. It feels it feels like a yeah. And then Anthony Mackie is the Keanu. Keanu. I think, uh, yeah, that's a good take, yeah. man. He's totally the, uh, fuck Johnny Utah. Yeah. Johnny. Yeah. Utah. Mackie's totally the Johnny Utah mm. of this movie. Um, cause they, you know, they kind of butt heads at the beginning. Fuck. Is this a remake of point break? Kind of. Yeah. Fuck. It kind of is because mm. even that scene at the end of hurt locker is Mackie and Renner having the kind of a similar conversation mm. between, uh, just like Bodie, Utah yeah. and Bodie at yeah. the end of fucking point break. And it's like Anthony Mackie is just like he knows that like J- Jeremy Renner is going to come back, and he's just like you know. Well, and just yeah. like Johnny Utah, fucking Mackie at the end is like, I'm out. That's yeah, it. I'm, I'm not made for this. Yeah, throws his fucking badge in the ocean. Yeah, and then uh, Bodie goes out to surf, and then Renner goes out goes to defuse a fucking bomb. bomb. <sighs> Time is a flat Somebody's circle. had to have like written about this or something, right? Oh, yeah. I feel like I feel like this is a good take. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I wanted to talk too a little bit about the development of this movie, how they filmed it and stuff. They they wanted to film this in <sighs> fuck, I already I already forget. So, somewhere not the Middle East, basically. But Bigelow was like, none of the buildings look right. This doesn't look like the Middle East. This doesn't look like Baghdad. Let's go to Jordan. And uh, so they were filming in a hundred to a hundred twenty degree heat in like full military gear, nice in the bomb suits that weigh eighty pounds. Mm. And yeah, I think uh, Renner and Mackie both said like, yeah, it's the hardest thing that I've ever shot. Easily, it was. Oh, really? It was a nightmare. It was like people people were like throwing shit at us. People were throwing glass from really? like. Uh, from like stories above us or something, I guess, I, I, I guess so. Or maybe it was just part of the production. They, they were close to, well, I want to say like combat was still happening around this time because they were really close to the Afghanistan border. Okay. And they said that like, uh, Renner said that they were shot at a few times. Wow. Which is like, they were like near, they were really close to the shit Mm -hmm. basically. Um, which just further underlines how hardcore fucking Bigelow and Cameron both are, I mm-hmm. think. Really. Um, 
For sure. That's Kate crazy. Cameron's out there drowning actors and fucking Bigelow is... Uh, Getting into war zones. Yeah, going yeah. into to war zones. But yeah, she's a fucking hardcore lady, man. Mm. She she wants that that uh, authenticity, you mm. know? But... Um, Jordan, huh? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Fucking... That's cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She wants that authenticity. Yeah. Man. You, you, you can feel it. It I feels... Wonder, yeah. why, why didn't she just take the Kubrick route and then just like helicopter in a bunch of sand to... <laughs> Into Hollywood, <gasps> right? Oh God, that'd have been weird. That Helicopter been so a bunch of uh, Middle Eastern architecture into uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of the some of the sequences look like they could have been taken. They you could have shot in like you know West, yeah. like US. Burbank, like the the yeah. warehouse scene actually mm. felt like that to me. Where I was like, did they did they film this in like? Palm Springs, because this feel this just feels yeah. like an abandoned factory warehouse, you know. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, <sighs> yeah, I feel like we should just like talk through some of the best scenes because, oh, like, yeah, for sure. The yeah, there there are so many like jarring, tense fucking scenes, man. Like all the bomb stuff. What what's your favorite? Like what's the most effective like bomb scene to you? Oh, what my favorite bond bond sequence was. Yeah, when, what's your uh, Daniel Craig came out and um, <laughs> started sh- shooting bad guys? Started shooting Rami Malek. That was my favorite Bond. Oh god, I can't sequence. wait! I can't wait to watch mm. watch Bond kill Rami Malek. Honestly, uh, I think the- <laughs> I just realized what he's <laughs> <laughs> and he's gonna he's, he's gonna kill him with his Oscar. Oh, wouldn't that be poetic? Yeah. It's like, this Take that, Mister Robot. This doesn't make sense for the context of the movie, but well, okay, it's fun to watch. I mean, they should have named him Mister Robot, like as the Bond. I mean, that sounds like a Bond. It's a good Bond name. name, yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I like Robbie Malik. He's a good. Yeah, actor. He's, he's great. He's great, Mister Robot himself. Uh, yeah. What are your favorite? Uh, where? What's your favorite? Like bomb, bomb, bomb sequence, Explosive uh, bomb sequence. I think I really enjoy the um, enjoy the first time that. Jeremy get joins the team and does that first bomb because like yeah that one is amazing like because you don't For know sure. like how this guy is no one knows how he, op- how he operates and then he like fucking puts a smoke grenade down and he's just like super confident he knows exactly what he's doing mm-hmm. no one else knows it's great like it, it, everyone's like freaking the fuck out yeah it's super tense, like just cutting back and forth between like the steady Jeremy Renner and like the panicky um, mm-hmm. Anthony Mackie. And oh my God, you get goosebumps with like when he follows the wire down to the. Yeah. It's man. really great how it's just like revealed with the, with the dirt. You see them all yeah. come out of the sand and he's like, oh God. Or it something looks like so that. amazing because it's just like that realization with the. And yeah. they use that typical like, like yeah. I f- I the the score movies. for this movie yeah. is really good. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really effective and it's kind of background. It's you don't really notice it too much, but it, it really amplifies the movie a lot. That's a that's a good pick, man. Yeah, and yeah. I think that scene is like you mentioned the smoke grenade and all that stuff. I think it is so effective because there there's a couple of different situations that we have the context of now going into that scene and it's, uh, it's Mackie having just lost his prior leader commander. I don't know what you call him. It's his boss, basically his supervisor, whatever. 
Um, and so you have that context. You have this mm. this guy who like has to adapt to this new leader, and and also um, and, and also we saw how Guy Pierce was like mm. as a, a bomb tech, and he was like very careful they were using the robot yeah like <laughs> yeah and, and and then only when that failed did he go out there but but there was just such a level of like caution mm. with that guy with guy pierce and jeremy renner's i'm just gonna put on the suit yeah and then he puts like, on the like suit it. and mackie's like uh do, don't you want to send the the robot out and he's like nah i i, I, I what, what does he say he's like i like i like feeling it in my hands or i like doing it with my hands or something yeah something like that um, but yeah, dude, that's, that scene is really, I mean, it's like, it's like, you know, using a dildo or, you know, do it, do it yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're saying Renner getting yeah. his hands on the bombs. Yeah. yeah. The wires. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, yeah, that's a hard one to deny, man, because that's like the most set PC one. Like that's the most like beginning to end. Here's like a narrative mm. in one set piece. Um, but I do really like the later scene with the car and, um, that one is so tense because it's, it's Renner who like takes all of his bomb gear off and Mm -hmm. is around a a car that has a shit ton of bombs in the back of the, in the trunk. And he's trying to like figure out the wire, like the wiring Mm -hmm. of it. And uh, he's, like, searching throughout the car. He's, like, ripping door panels off and, like, popping the hood Mm. and just, like, trying to track all the wires through the car. Meanwhile, all the tension is coming from the fact that they're in, like, a wide-open square Mm. and that they have, like, the rest of the guys, his support team, like, kind of, like, looking around the perimeter. And you have all these guys who any single one of them could like quickly pull out a phone and just and hit yeah. one button and kill all of them. Yeah. And there's such a like tension to that. And then there, there's like a guy with a camcorder. Yeah. That one's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that it's just so, so tense how it You're plays like, what is he doing out. with a camcorder? Why is he? Doing- it's like, there's yeah. a guy, uh, it's like, Oh, he's motioning to the guy with the camcorder. And like when they start piecing that together yeah. and then like Renner finds the thing just in time and like cuts it. Uh, but, but they leave it ambiguous too. That's kind of what I love about it is that you don't get a final answer of like, what they really, you don't know if they're good or bad. You don't know if they were just guys filming the thing. And that's what adds to the stress of like that war zone, you know? Yeah. And it it feels authentic too. Like it feels like if you were one of the guys on the ground, like, uh, covering for Renner that like, you'd also have that ambiguity of like, fuck, am I about to kill a guy who's like filming some army guys on his camera because he wants to, or mm. is this somebody who wants to kill us? Like yeah. that kind of, that's why like, I don't there. envy like, like it's hard to be a soldier or even a cop. Cause it's just like, you have to make, you have to make some insane moral choices in like the shortest amount of time possible. Yeah. Because and and there are like moral philosophers that spend decades writing their like thesis of like ethics and like you know what a person should do to be good and moral, but like cops and soldiers, they have to just do it right there and make a decision. Yeah, you know, like for sure. That's that's why it's just hard to like really pass like too much judgment onto them because it's just like 
I don't know. I don't know how I'd be like in that situation. That's yeah. like terrifying to have to do. Yeah, that. for sure, man. I mean, you know? we. Uh, I mean, I, I hope n- none of us ever have to come to that fork in the road where it's right, like exactly. you have to make a split second decision yeah. of like, fuck, am I killing an innocent person? Am I killing a or somebody who's gonna like kill my? Or am team I gonna here? die right you know? now? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's scary, man. Yeah. Mm. Um, but. It also to pivot into something maybe a little bit lighter here. It also <laughs> gave it gave me an idea that scene specifically that like that scenario would make for an incredible like online like multiplayer scenario. Oh, yeah. where there's it, it. Okay, so you know how like the the four. It's like it's like five player multiplayer is a thing where there's like four people doing one thing and then there's one person doing another thing. Sometimes it's like four V one, but it's also sometimes it's co-op. I was, I got this idea and this is my pitch. If you're listening up, uh, Activision or fucking, uh, respawn or EA. Yeah. If you want to make something here, uh, you got one guy who's a Mm. fucking bomb diffuser. Oh, and so like you're in there, you're doing the shit, maybe even involve VR in a certain capacity. It could be fucking rad. And then you have four other guys, who are in like a like Rainbow Six Ooh, tactical like shooter yeah. like FPS thing you where you're like you're like making those judgment calls. Actually, that that's kind of like Rainbow Six already. See, I was kind of yeah. thinking like maybe this exists already. I just don't know about it. Like yeah. in Rainbow Six Siege, which I used to play, I have like a hundred hours on that thing. And yeah, like, you used to play that a lot. Yeah, yeah, with with my boy Sergio. Yeah, hey. he was on the he was on the podcast a few times, but search. yeah, um, you play as either the attackers or defenders, and the attackers have to defuse the bomb, while the uh, defenders obviously have to like protect from defusing. So yeah. you have to like, you know, sneak in there and try to defuse the bomb, and then protect like the person who's defusing them. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's pretty similar, man. But yeah, yeah. yeah, I wish it was more technical. That's where what I was like thinking. Like it's doing like, like the shit yourself. Yeah. Well, and then oh, dude. Okay, here's a whole other element, and we're just in like pitch corner now. But like yeah. it, there, there's a there's an escalation to it mm. where, and I think that it'd be a hard thing to pull off in a in a shooter game mm. because it's like you're kind of actively not shooting if you're one of the guys with the gun, but it's also like no, a build like of tension. Super tense. Yeah. 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 And it's like, like call of duty stuff, you know? Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it like adds more elements just like it does in hurt locker yeah. where it's like a guy pulls out a camera and you have to start making judgment calls or like more people start coming mm. to see what's going on. And it just becomes a more complicated situation. Meanwhile, like you immediately lose if you shoot a civilian, like, like that would be like the, Ooh. you know what I mean? Cause it, cause like, obviously you can just shoot whoever, and the game yeah. knows who is who. Yeah. That's fucking it's like great. That, yeah. uh, game, the, the spy game or whatever, you know, the McElroy's. Yeah. That they game. did that yeah. video. That's right. It totally is like that actually. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's good. Yeah. And then the, the, the person who's diffusing the bomb meanwhile has the weight of all of this on their yeah. fucking shoulders. Like fucking it is like, I need to find the shit I need to find. That's so we so need. we don't get some innocent people killed. That's like, what we need. The Hurt Locker, the game. <laughs> Where you at, EA? Where you at, EA? I'm sure you have the budget to uh, to do that, EA. Come on, you're not doing much. You what you else are you doing? You know, you could easily make it just like a a pack for Rainbow Six. 
Oh yeah. I feel like you'd you'd maybe have to add some new like a new gameplay mecha- some gameplay mechanisms for the bomb stuff, sure. but otherwise it's all the same shit. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, that's yeah. That was that was a fun yeah. little idea I had during that that moment. That's cool. That's a cool idea. I'd play that game. Yeah, it'd be fun as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What else should we? Uh, what else should we cover on uh, Hurt Locker here? I, I had the thought while watching it mm. that uh, this is uncut gems in Iraq. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> KG. There's some insurgents out there. KG. 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 I, I'm like trying to nail his KJ. like execution of it, like when he's in the the diamond the diamond store. KG, a KG. I don't it, have it, but it's something like that. Diffusing the bomb, he diffuses. I'm gonna fucking come. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking come. He says it like yeah. so. It's and the camera yeah. zooms in on his face. Y'all gotta cut these gems. Y'all gotta fucking see yeah, this movie. It's you guys so need good. To see uncut gems. It's so good. Um, it's Adam Sandler's best movie. He's never yeah, done man, anything it better. Is. And it's a surprise. It's, it's better than Punch Drunk. Oh yeah. For me. Did for you sure. listen? By the way, did you listen to the one with PTA and the Safety Bros? No, I haven't. Not yet. You gotta listen. Yeah, listen. It. It's good. Yeah. It's it's a good one. It's uh it's eight twenty four. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah um, but uh. What was I going to say? Yeah, no, it, it reminded me of Uncut Gems in the sense of like... Just tense. Just things happening all the time. See, that yeah. that for sure, but also in terms of its main character. It's like Jeremy Renner's character oh, in this movie sure, yeah. is totally, I think, Har- Harold Ratner, I think, in that movie is his name. Mm. Um, where it's like this guy is so obsessed with being on the knife's the edge, edge yeah. at all times... The difference between the two is kind of fascinating to yeah. like when you look at both of them because um, Uncut Gems is is interested in showing us the consequences of a life like that and of mm-hmm. a guy who lives a life like that. And like he he was never interested in like like danger per se of like his his body, his physical body. Kate, um, Adam Sandler's character in Uncut Gems. Yeah, he was but more it, about the financial like risk. He, yeah, and then he, he ends for sure. up. He wants to be exactly. He yeah. wants to be on like constantly, just like riding mm. the edge of financial ruin. Because yeah. when he evades that and he yeah. gets a win, that's how he wins. Yeah, that's and how it's how like, and, and he. This fucking, is how I win. Like, there's a scene in the car yeah. that I love where like he hits big off that first basketball game and he's just like, Oh, oh. and he's like, it's sexual. He's <laughs> yeah. playing it sexually. Yeah. And it's so fucking, it's so brilliant. And it's like that, that movie is just showing us mm. what that, what uncut gems does that this movie doesn't quite do, but they're trying to do different things is that uncut gems is interested in the more explicit, like Sexual repercussions grit, yeah. and also like gratification of that life mm-hmm. where this movie is more subtle about it. It's like it, it ends with him placing another bet. It, en- it yeah. ends with Jeremy Renner putting the big bet down on whatever next game to avoid mm-hmm. debt collectors on his ass. The debt collectors being death of being yeah. a fucking war zone and yeah. him like running. Like I, I, I see the end of this movie and it, 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 it's portrayed as a triumphant, yeah, it was cool thing, almost in the same way that like yeah. Taxi Driver ends, mm. where it's like, oh, he's the hero. Yeah, he thinks like he he's the hero of his story. 
but it's like I I, I ultimately am like gonna he's die. gonna die. Yeah, like Jeremy Renner's totally gonna die probably on the next tour he's in because yeah. he's so reckless mm-hmm. and he's so addicted to. But he's also good at what he does. Mm-hmm. So is Harold Ratner, you could argue. I mean, 837 bombs, man. That's a lot. That is a lot. That that's, is a wild ins- stat. That's almost a thousand. Like, yeah. Ins- that's insane. What, see, but, <laughs> what, I, what I love about what Bigelow does, though, is that also, like, she makes him, like, humble about it. Yeah. It's like he is very, not that's not, all he wants. Yeah. But, but when the guy asks him, he's like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, because he's like he doesn't care about that. Like it's it's an internalized thing for him, where it's like he does have trophies though. He has trophies, but that's for him. It's like that's under real, his yeah. bed. Like there's a there's a mm. shot where they pull mean, it yeah. out under the bed, and it kind of shows his face, and he's like, I kind of wish they didn't pull that out yeah. under the bed. And uh, you see that it's kind of like this thing for him, you know. Mm. And so when he tells the guy eight thirty seven. Oh, man, you're a wild man. You're a wild, you're a wild man. Goddamn wild man. Goddamn. What's that guy's name? Dude? I feel like that actor was like, Catherine, can I say wild man? I want to say what? I think he's a I'm wild man. just in a wild man mood. I just I want, want to say, say wild, wild man, man a lot. He looks like he's from Wisconsin or something. You know what that feels like? That yeah. feels like a Mark Bowl edition where like Mark mm. Bull probably was with a guy who said wild, wild man 800 times a day or something. And he was like, just say that like a bunch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Say wild man. <laughs> yeah. This is an excellent movie, man. Yeah. This I don't, is really, um, yeah, brilliant I don't know movie. else to cover. I don't know. Do you want, do you want to wrap up our, our kind of, uh, final thoughts here on, uh, on her yeah, locker? Yeah. Um, on so yeah, this movie is, uh, this movie is really, really great. Um, I think like it's an, it's despite like, uh, it's, I guess it's, interesting messaging with like how war is a drug and stuff. It actually like shows how cool war can be sometimes. And, uh, I guess that's why I was kind of like that romanticization of, of war, but also it like gets like, you know, you show there's some really like hardcore violence that you're just like, Oh fuck. Like that's terrible. Yeah, It's not afraid to get real, yeah. man. Like the scene with the kid, like undercats things. Yeah. Yeah. And even before that, there's plenty of violence, but like, yeah, the scene with the kid is really jarring, man. Mm. Yeah. But like, even like with the sniper scene, like just like guys getting blown, just like, just like that, just dying really easily and stuff. Yeah. And, um, but like the, the shot, the cinematography was also showing like these cool, like angles of like these guys in a war zone too. So it's like, it's interesting to have like, big low frame it to where it's like, this is the action that you guys like. And here's also the consequences in real life of like what it is, you know, and how it is easy to be like addicted to it. Like in a a meta sense, like maybe just action cinema in general, it's like, you guys love this. And these are also like what happens like for real, you know? And that's why I like about the hurt lock. I mean, like what is the hurt locker, right? Like, you go, yeah. you go, you, you want, you want to be in the hurt, apparently. Like, yeah. you want to get, you want to be addicted to that pain. The, put, uh, put me in the locker. And, uh, you know, on a, on a sexual sense, it seemed like that Germany Renner is like this, like, masochist, like, who fucking, like, gets sexually, like, um, aroused. I, I mean, that's a little extreme <laughs> for me to say sexually aroused, but yeah. I mean, you could maybe, maybe argue it because he fucking, like, 
he gets punched by Anthony Mackie and was like, ha, 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 that's yeah. pretty great that I it's got like fucking in this, punched. In this movie, yeah. as opposed to something like yeah. Point Break or something like Uncut Gems, it's like, mm-hmm. it's almost more that like that's when he's most fulfilled as a yeah. human being. It's like that's when pain, he yeah. feels like he's fulfilling his life's purpose is, mm. is more so what this movie I think is yeah. kind of dealing with. Yeah. Well, cause like in, in terms of like the hero complex that I brought up um, earlier on the podcast, like hero complex, like also includes the idea of like, you think that you must go through pain in order to be worthy of a hero which is a technically a delusion of a, the hero complex. Like, yeah. that's you don't have to sacrifice yourself to be like a hero or a good person. It's just like that's kind of like the mm-hmm. the complex and the delusion that comes it's from like it. Captain Soli, America's number one hero. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Freedom <laughs> is spelled with five letters, my friend. S <laughs> U L L Y. Yeah, five it. words that spell five letters that spell freedom. I don't want to. I don't know if freedom's associated with like, <laughs> you know, wetting your pants. <laughs> did, did he wet his pants? Oh, is his name Soli. Soli your pants. Oh yeah, it's oh, fine. It's that's, fine. That's joke. Kind of fun. That's it's a fine joke. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a like thinker. A, it's a it, thinker. It's, it's a, there's some levels to it. Someone, so, someone yeah. listening right now probably laughed. He's at like, that. I got it. Okay, <laughs> solely your pants. Solely your pants. Sure. Wet your pants. Solely your pants. That's I'm it. sure he heard that plenty in grade school. Oh. Then he was like, oh, just wait. I'm gonna land a fucking plane <laughs> in a river, and you're gonna you're gonna you're piss your, your pants. Because <laughs> your mom's gonna be on that plane. And you're gonna change your last name to piss so you can piss your pants. Nah, Sully. That's right. I thought you were gonna say you're gonna change your last name uh, to Solenberger, which then made me think <laughs> the end of Rise of Skywalker. What a they ridiculous, Ray, like autistic trans like what? Ray who? Ray Solenberger. <laughs> Would have been a much better ending, is all I'm saying. Sorry, I totally derailed this. Ray what are you saying? Solenberger. <laughs> oh my god. But anyways, yeah, this uh, movie shows a lot of um, uh, maturity on on um, Catherine Bigelow's career. Mm-hmm. I think she took, um, you know, maybe she she took what uh, the failure that we can all say was a failure financially, at least, of mm-hmm. Strange Days, and um, yeah. took a hard a hard one eighty. <laughs> And said, I'm not going to yeah. do um, some kind of out there sci-fi movie. I'm going to do this very, like, grounded, like, action thriller. Oh, wait. Was K-19 Widowmaker It after? was in between, I think. Okay, so she... But the, but that yeah. was a huge bomb, which yeah. also, yeah, compounded things. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, I guess, yeah, she, she decided to make this super grounded um, war epic. Mm. And it... I, I hope that I mean I've seen better war movies, I'll say, and that's only because I saw nineteen we saw nineteen seventeen recently and uh, that was yeah. a really great war movie. But, but it, they all it, take it, different angles at yeah. war, you know. Yeah. Mm. But it's still like it's still it's still a really great film, and uh, I can't wait to see how Zero Dark Thirty thir- turns out. And I still need to watch Detroit and see like what the, what what that deal is. I'm so. just interested. Yeah, dude. Spe- I should see it right before Zero Dark Thirty. We do Zero Dark Thirty just so we can talk about it. But you yeah, know, we'll see. Maybe for that final wrap yeah. up. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, yeah, man, I, I, uh, I love Hurt Locker too. Like a- after rewatching mm. it, I was like, I, I think this is to me, I think this is her best movie. I think it might, mm. I don't know if it's my favorite because it's, it's, it's hard to like compare a movie like this and point break, even though they're so similar Yeah, because they're two totally different things. Even if the themes at the heart of them are so similar, like that's why she's such yeah. a fascinating director. She can be like, what makes her, I think a great director is that she can, she can have these ideas of exploring like masculinity and exploring types of almost like men specifically. Right. And she can like fit it into what is popular at the time. So mm. you have in point break this like late eighties action buddy thriller type thing. And she has that theme in that movie. Then you have something like strange days, which isn't quite doing that, but is exploring heavy ideas in something that is like very nineties and of its time and is like sci-fi and kind of in that 90 sci-fi zone. Mm. And then you have something like hurt locker, which is also very much of its time, but has themes and kind of ideas that, that she's always been interested in, which is like, male masculinity and how um, are we all interested in that huh aren't we all interested in male masculine masculine? hey sure absolutely and uh yeah and and it's just it's very telling that um i don't I, i don't know man it's like it that that to me really showcases why she's such an interesting director it's not it's not just like here's a war movie and it's, it's just a war movie. It's, it's the fact that there are like things that carry over from movies literally 20 years before mm. Hurt Locker. There's so many similarities in Point Break. You know, there's like these ideas that she's fascinated with. And um, yeah, I'm really interested to see how, because Zero Dark is a female protagonist. And I'm really interested yeah. to see what what's, because I don't remember a ton of that movie, to be honest. And I'm interested to see how that one ages, but, um, mm. but yeah, I mean, Hurt Locker, just even beyond the thematic stuff, I mean, it's, uh, it's a really great character study of, um, like, like, like we mentioned, like three of the types of people that go to war mm. and, uh, how it affects them and how, how one specific type of person who maybe belongs in combat, the person designed for that, mm. uh, can have, really negative consequences on the people around them. Um, cause war is a, is a drug like, like it's it's the drug. Uh, of the movie. It's, war it's, is a drug. it's the, the statement of the movie, basically mm-hmm. the, the log line, the, the thesis, I guess, if you will. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mackie and Renner are great. Um, and they just got sucked right into the fucking MCU right after this movie. Mm-hmm. But and the MCU both, is a drug. The MCU is a drug. For fuck's sake. Maybe Bigelow's next movie. Oh, fuck. Oh, here we go. Another pitch. Another pitch. Brent's pitch corner. Batter up. Her next movie should be how superhero films affect men. Brown, brown, brown. Wouldn't that be wild? That would be cool. That'd she be should direct cool. our pitch that you and I were talking about. Yeah. The, the fandom idea, the kind of taxi driver-esque like fandom she she would kill a like 
version of that, I feel like, mm, you know, mm, mm. Um, depicting how superhero films affect uh, dudes who like to go on Reddit. Um, I feel like great. I feel like superhero films are less toxic than other things like. Depends which superhero films. Which ones are you? Mar- Marvel's not. Marvel Marvel is somehow not toxic at all. It's kind of crazy you think how DC's non- toxic? Oh, Joker, I guess, but Ah the Snyder Cut bros, man. They they hassle people a lot. I don't know. Well, that's more like them liking something and like I'm not putting Snyder on under the gun oh, because of I don't them. I don't blame him at yeah. all, man. Yeah, he he makes the stuff he wants to make. I, I yeah. think the the communities that surround those movies is is pretty toxic. I honestly. mean, I would I would go bad. further the worse than Snyder bros or Star Wars fans. Yeah, well sure. Yeah, yeah. that's like uh they're she, like a next she should level direct shit. a yeah. thriller about a Star Wars fan. <laughs> I'd watch that. Who's a who's a white uh I mean what would he guy? do? Like what like would he like try to go to Kathleen Kennedy's like estate and try to murder her or something. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> well, yeah, she'd have to use like analogs for everything. Like yeah. space guys, it's space got the new space guys movie and everybody space hates guys. it. And I don't know, but that's my that's, bad. I like, pitch. I like that. We should make a movie called space guys. <laughs> space guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, her, her mm. locker is, is great. The, the second half is very, uh, what, what word did I use before? It's, uh, unfocused, I think. Un- unfocused is the negative version. Yeah. It's it's like very tan tangential. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, Not the way bull described it is it's very, um, episodic. episodic. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, it's very episodic and you kind of, there, there are times where you kind of feel that clash of like mm. him having this episodic story and her trying to be like, well, we need to still have a through line with the characters through these episodes. And we need a kind of a, we need to finish off like, uh, mm-hmm. some, some buildups, you know, some setups and then payoffs. Cause you have the kid and, uh, you know, the, the, yeah, and the Eldridge being like, uh, you know, being PTSD the whole time. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, and then the final bomb guy, which is mm. is a bummer. Um, yeah, that one that sucks. Yeah. That's really sad. Yeah, I, f- I forget how fucking fast yeah. the last twenty twenty five minutes of this movie play mm. out because it's like, yeah, it really is like quick little like five mm. minute episodes. It's like mm. it's like Eldridge gets shot, uh, guy has the bomb strapped to his chest, uh, he goes back home, and then he's bam back in Iraq, and it's just really really fast at the end there. Mm. Um, but but it it's neater upon rewatches and it, it fits more, uh, appropriately the mm. more you rewatch it. But, um, yeah, I, I like this movie a lot. I think it's pretty, pretty excellent. It's really, really tense. Um, mm. like she's always been good at that, that we kind of like figure that we go back seeing these older Bigelow's like point break and, uh, even blue steel, even blue steel has like a lot of really tense moments in it that you see her like growth mm. and it's like her, Hurt like Bigelow more than even a lot of directors. You really kind of feel a growth. Mm. I don't know, man. Like I was thinking about this recently. There aren't a lot of directors where you actually feel like a linear progression, progression upwards of growth. Like there really aren't a lot. Like I was thinking the Safety brothers are one where they, they're on a call. That's a little too, too soon. soon maybe. To yeah. I mean, yeah. they have, they've made three, four movies. Yeah. They don't have a ton. Too soon to call, I say. Um, but uh, Bigelow's one, man. Yeah, where it's like this 
that at the time she made Hurt Locker, it's like, yeah, that's like the Bigelow movie. That's like her mm. kind of like nailing down a lot of stuff she's interested in with the tension, with the character beats, um, in, in the best way. And, uh, yeah, you can't say that for a lot of directors. So you just can't. Yeah. You just, you just like, um, the guy who made Jiggly, you just can't say it about him. Well, you know, some directors are good and then they're good and then they're bad. And then they commit war crimes and disappear into the endless void, Yes, which is what he did. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. and <laughs> What if we covered him? Oh, Jesus man. Christ. I forgot his name. I don't even know his fucking name. Martin Brest, I oh. think. That's he right. Did, uh, Martin Brest. Meet Joe Black. You guys remember Meet Joe Black? I don't. I sure don't either. <laughs> uh, yeah, guys, I think that's probably going to do it, it on uh, Hurt Locker. I think next week is going to be... Next week, we're going to be talking the cultural companion piece to Hurt Locker in an odd way, uh, Avatar with our friend Brian Menard. Brian, yeah, it's it's a good one because we already recorded Yeah, it. that one's in the can. It's a it's a fun one. Yeah. We get into a lot of fun stuff. I think we mm. talk Oscars a little bit, probably less than this one, mm. but um but yeah we we get into that one and then uh Zero Dark after that. Mm. That should wrap things. That'll up. that'll uh, wrap it up and then maybe a bonus episode or two that we're trying to nail down. I think we're gonna have some maybe, wacky ones. Some wack maybe some serious ones. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe precious finally. Maybe not even have you know a what? bonus episode. Precious probably has to be our last episode, right? Like when we were when we when we're sixty years old and yeah. we're on our deathbed. Still <laughs> We'll have three episodes, 300 <laughs> episodes by then. Yeah, uh, 300. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but uh, what, what else was I going to say? Yeah, so some bonus episodes. Keep an eye out for Dealer's Choice. Oh, yeah, I forgot we do that. Even well, though we I'm talk gonna, about Geely. Like I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold myself accountable and say when this episode posts, which will be the 20th. Uh, that's right. Yeah, 20th uh, Dealer's Choice. Is fucking up, y'all. So go to our Twitter feed, retweet the dealer's choice thing. It'll be pinned to the top of the the profile, mm-hmm. and get in on that dealer's choice. If you get picked, it's at random. Somebody uh, uh, at random who retweets that that dealer's but choice. But we do tweet. have a filter on it to where no cisgendered white males straight. That's true. Don't, it's, it's only women picked. or yeah. um, whatever else. Yeah, non non binary <laughs> or, or 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 yeah. I'm not even going to die. Yeah, I know. Right? It's a dumb joke. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so at random, just retweet. We'll pull somebody. You can pick a movie for, for us to watch. If you want to be on that episode, feel free to join us. Uh, mm. Prior prior movies were Spy Kids 4D. Uh, 4D. What else did we do? We did uh, Super Mario Brothers was our first one. What was the most recent one? Geely, for fuck's sake. It was goddamn Geely. Yeah. So you could... Uh, there's a bit of a pattern you that can't, you, can't you don't choose, have to. You can't change. You can't choose the same ones. All right. You can't choose the same ones, but also you don't have to follow yeah. that pattern that uh, you could probably no, track. They uh, can if you want. They want, they can you do whatever, do whatever you, the fuck you want. Yeah. Um, feature length movie, but yeah, go to our Twitter, retweet that. That is officially uh, up. Come on, hold myself like, to it. Well, they chose like gods and generals, like a six hour. Like, oh my god, dude! No, I think I Gettysburg. Or like Gettysburg. Gettysburg, yeah. I think, is like four twenty. <laughs> it, it makes Scorsese look like he's making a, like an art film or something. 
I hate that I put that out there now. No, yeah, I feel like we always put out one bad suggestion like b- yeah. before each one. We still but haven't got. We still haven't hit. Um, Welcome to Marwin. So we're doing pretty good. Christ, yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, guys, go go do that. Uh, I'll say we'll leave it up for a week or two. Let's say two weeks by the time this posts. Mm-hmm. So it'll be up until like uh, early February. So go ahead and retweet that. And we'll pick someone at random, and I've explained this way too much. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, other than that, listen to the Delphin Pod shows. Yep. Listen to Countdown to Skywalker. I was on yep. their Rise of Skywalker three-hour uh, epic uh, episode. And uh, yeah, what other? What else do we have to plug? Whatever's on the Stick Fridge website. Yeah, go cover stories. Go cover listen stories. to cover stories. Yeah. I think they just wrapped up a. Uh, a series. They wrapped up or are are starting. I think they're starting a new one. So go listen to that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, guys, thanks for for listening to the show. Mm -hmm. We'll uh, see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.